Hi, everyone, and welcome to Data Brunch Live with ICPSR. If you love data, this is going to be food for thought. I'm Dory. And I'm Anna. And if you're new to our podcast, welcome. ICPSR's Data Brunch is a podcast about the stories behind the data. We're recording this in September 2022, live at the ICPSR Data Fair. Hello to everyone who's live. Our theme this year is ICPSR stands for data. And because this is recorded live, we will try, but we may not be able to get to all of the questions from our live audience. So please email us at icpsr-podcast at umich.edu if there's anything we don't get to live. This year's data fair has featured 20 plus virtual presentations on the data and resources held at ICPSR. Presentation topics have included COVID data, criminal justice, healthcare, drug use, data visualizations, and more. Check out our data fair playlist on YouTube. Yes, definitely check out those week's videos. Um, mostly they are already on YouTube. So giant shout out to our colleagues, Shelly Petrinko and Jenna Tyson for your work getting these videos uploaded and captioned and accessible. You all are phenomenal. Um, coincidentally, this is our last event of the data fair. Yes, absolutely. They should get applause and thumbs up. We're seeing, uh, we're seeing some great reactions from our live attendees. So thank you for those shout outs for our, our colleagues. Um, because this is the last episode or the last, um, episode, the last, uh, session of our data fair, um, we want to mention that we will be having some closing ceremonies after the data fair, which will not be part of the, uh, of the recording. So if you are listening to this in perpetuity, you will be able to uh, find the video of those closing ceremonies later. But for everybody who is here with us live, please note that we will be doing those closing ceremonies immediately following this session. And now I am excited about our Data Brunch guests, particularly today, because they are working hard to build a new research data, data ecosystem to better enable the democratization of data. And I cannot wait to get into this. So. Dory, over to you. Thank you, Anna. Today we have with us ICPSR's Alyssa Daniel, who manages outreach and education for the new research data ecosystem here at ICPSR, and Jeanette Jackson, Managing Director of RDE. So to kick off the questions, Alyssa and Jeanette, can you tell us a bit about each of your roles on this project? Why did you get involved? Thanks, Dory. Um, so I am the managing director of this project, which means that I am overseeing all of the interactions with NSF and with, internally with the organization. Uh, I got involved really because it's an amazing group of people and Maggie might have had something to do with that. Um, and uh, I mean, just great human beings, people with so much expertise. It's really interesting. And I'm also super passionate about interdisciplinary research and breaking down silos between different uh, areas of research. So making data easier to find, which is really what this is all about, um, so that it can be connected is foundational. Um, it's a foundational component of making that possible. 
Awesome. Thank you, uh, Dory and Anna. Super excited to be here. Uh, my name is Alyssa, and I am the Product Marketing Manager and Outreach and Education Specialist. Yes, long title, <laughs> um, uh, but I'm really, really excited to be part of this project. I think the thing that really drew me to it was how user focus, the entire group um, described the project. So um, really emphasizing how we were going to help researchers, learners, um, find and use the data that we have. And I just want to follow up quickly, uh, Jeanette, you mentioned that we have some amazing experts and human beings, and you mentioned someone named Maggie. Can you tell us who Maggie is? Oh, I'm sorry. Maggie Levenstein, the uh, director of ICPSR. And we've been working together with the leadership team to bring this to fruition for about two years. So we've got a great team. Some incredible work has gone into that. Um, so Jeanette, what makes this project special? Mm, so many things make this special. Um, first and foremost, it's about democratizing data. So making data accessible and setting the stage for future work on linking different data types. So we're gonna make this data accessible and findable um, in ways that maybe it hasn't been before. It's also about modernizing the software platform by taking advantage of the latest advances in technology. And we'll talk a little bit about that, although it might be a little under the hood, that's okay, later on. Um, and we're growing our ability to describe and permanently support more data types than we do today. Um, it's also a holistic approach to building tools to support researchers across the research lifecycle from the very start of a research project through, the, through to the dissemination. So. Um, as Alyssa said, because it was very user focused, um, you can look forward to seeing um, an approach that is going to be holistic in nature and supporting your research. Um, we have a, uh, a we're just dedicated to making sure that we provide authorized researchers access to restricted use data and only authorized researchers. Um, and really, it's it's special because it's dedicated funding for infrastructure. This is, I mean, this is the NS, this is the largest social science infrastructure grant NSF has ever awarded because they know how important it is to make sure that we have the modern technology to support all of the data here at ICPSR. Thank you. Next question is for Alyssa. So tell us what is the democratization of data and how does this involve the research data ecosystem? <laughs> I love it. Um, Democratization as a word means making things accessible for everyone. So what we currently have is a lot of data and a lot of research materials and a few ways to find them. Um, but we really want people to be able to analyze, utilize the data and research materials that we have in um, at every level in a, in a very easy um, straightforward way. So um, the first thing that the research data ecosystem is going to do, and um, Jeanette mentioned this, is uh, modernize the technology. So keeping all of our um, platform up to date using the, the newest uh, methods. Um, I think the other thing too is, um, again, thinking about how to help researchers way before they're in the throes of data gathering. So again, thinking about the entire research life cycle. So um, making data management plans, IRB approvals, all of these things are going to be part of our ecosystem. 
Um, we're also really committed to making different types of data available. Um, so thinking about like geospatial data, video data, that kind of thing. Um, I think what's most important here though for democratization is that the changes should impact the entire community. Um, so for people looking for data in undergraduate courses um, to primary in investigators looking into disseminating their findings quickly. <clears throat> So that all sounds amazing um, to someone who is, you know, not originally from the data world. What is it that makes this unique? Ooh, that's a good question, Anna. Um, I don't know if I have the best answer, but um, as you know, ICPSR being the largest social science data archive in the world, um, we've we've got to build this as we keep the current system running. So there's there's a uniqueness in the challenge of making that happen, which is a it's a very interesting um, problem to solve, basically, <laughs> um, because we're really looking to enhance this user experience. So user experience hasn't always been at the forefront of work and software around archives, and this is what this is like. We believe this is going to make a huge difference for researchers to safely and securely access and connect, store and manipulate data. Um, that is really the unique nature. And again, like as Alyssa said, and you keep, you'll hear us say over and over again, and also making it possible to discover different types of data like geospatial data and EEG data and things like that. Alyssa, this next one's for you. What have been some surprises during your journey so far with this project? Um, there have been quite a few surprises. Um, I think the nature of the work is like, it is so, so, so big. Um, and it is um, integral to all of the other work that we're doing, but um, people kind of see it as a new, bright, shiny object that we're kind of chasing after. Um, but it really, really is foundational to all of the work that we do here at ICPSR. So um, making the 17,000 studies that we have available easily findable. Um, it really is the core of what we do. So um, it, it's funny because it's, it is new, but it really is revamping and making um, what we do more possible for everyone. And if I could jump in here and also say that so, something that surprised me and I think surprised others too, is that it took two years to secure this funding that it actually was quite a process with NSF. They're very deeply involved and um, are overseeing this project um, pretty intensely because, well, it's $38 million of taxpayer money. So yes, they would be doing that. But it's also very a different kind of grant from a research grant because it's infrastructure. So it's building the modernization of the platform, building these tools for researchers. So, um, it, it, I think I think we have all learned a lot. And actually, while I think we were maybe somewhat dreading the NSF reporting, it's turned out that it's really helpful in terms of organizing and keeping our work on track. So um, actually, shout out to them. Um, I also want to jump in and say one more thing that I think is surprising because there was lots of surprises. I can't just stick to one. <laughs> so I think the other surprising thing that um, we have found throughout this process is 
the ideas that we had of like what we were going to work on and how they ended up coming into like an actual plan. So we had a lot of ideas about how we were going to make things better, easier, faster, all of these things. But again, through a lot of the user validation that we've done, a lot of the interviews that we've done, we realized, you know, sometimes we have to like shift things a little bit or like our perspective as the people who are you know, building it or have the grant or kind of know what we want to do. Sometimes it has to change based on what users want. We can't just build something because it's cool to us. We have to build things that people are going to use and they're going to find useful. So I think that um, as much as we, you know, sometimes think that we're super aligned with our audience, we always have to maintain um, that alignment. And really, you know, when we see that things aren't matching up, we really have to pivot towards the user. Yes, yes. Cheers and kudos. Um, and for those who are here with us live or listening later on in the future, um, you may get a call from ICPSR or an email or a, something on our social media asking for um, people's opinions and help. Please do answer those because we absolutely love getting that uh, getting that feedback from uh, from our data community. Um, so you've kind of mentioned like building it and modernizing and the software platform. What does that all actually mean? So again, this is probably a little bit under the hood in terms of technology, but for some of you, you might be interested. Um, we are moving towards a shared code base. As you can imagine, as ICPSR, as an archive has grown up, we've had, we have a lot of over 30 different bespoke archives with different sets of code. This is gonna be a shared code base so that it'll be easier to maintain, easier to scale and add new archives. So from an internal perspective, it's going to make the, the process much smoother. And I think from a sort of a consumer's perspective, from a researcher's perspective, it's also gonna be easier. There'll be less breakages and things like that. There's also just gonna be one way to sign in for data, right? Instead of like multiple ways that we have now. Um, the data is gonna be um, stored in the cloud as opposed to on-premise, well, they'll probably be both actually, honestly, um, and that we're working with something called containers. And so containers are a way of working with data that preserve the conditions in which the data was initially produced. So you might hear things like Kubernetes or OpenShift or something like that. Um, Google it. <laughs> um, and then data is gonna be easier to deposit and define thanks to our new data model. Um, we have some really amazing people who've been doing work on how this data all comes together. Um, and they've been very um, involved with the work that uh, Jared Lyle and Mike Shellcross have been doing on with the metadata. So we've had this very uh, positive uh, connection between kind of the, the faculty side of the equation and the software side of the equation. Um, so yeah, it's a great, great collabor collaboration. <laughs> Well, it definitely takes collaboration to get a project like this uh, moving. So we appreciate your efforts as does the entire community. We talked about some um, surprises. Now let's talk about some successes during your journey so far. Successes and mm -hmm. we've had many and we're just at the beginning which feels really good. Um, I think having a project that's you know five years long, it's hard to see the end, but um, as we have been going along, um, we've had some really great successes. I think that the 
big thing for me um, is the establishment of the user experience design team. So really planning ahead for what the experience will be for the researcher. So if you can't tell, I am very, very, very um, uh, much the, the voice of the user and trying to get them involved in all of the conversations that we have, even if it is technical, um, even if it is, you know, kind of inside baseball for us, how is this going to benefit the user? What value are we bringing? And that team is the one who executes um, the visions that we have for how the uh, the users will interact with the different products that we're going to be creating and um, the platform in general. So um, yeah, we, we've learned a lot from our interviews. And like I said, you know, we we're working hard to align the the needs of our users with what we're planning on building. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Alyssa. I mean, that that is probably the biggest success in some ways. We also have had some tremendous technical successes. So we've been able to um, complete the design of an API framework. And the an API is essentially code that allows other systems, we can allows our system to speak with other systems like other archives, as well as it's an internal API process. So we can call on the same code instead of rewriting code over and over again. That's a very simplistic view, but that's kind of the gist of it. Um, also, hiring enough software developers that we could actually start this work. It is incredibly challenging to hire enough software engineers to do the work. And so we are so grateful for the people that we have working with us, and we are still hiring, and you'll hear more about that. Um, another big success is really establishing the metadata framework and the schema frameworks. Again, as, as I mentioned before, uh, because that drives a lot of the way that the data gets put together and gets discovered. Um, and we also have some tremendous technical advisors who are helping us out. One of whom is Kelsey Hightower from Google, who is, he comes in whenever we need him for free and helps us to understand how we can do things better. In particular with what I was talking about around containers and Kubernetes. So um, those are just some of the successes. There are more, but th those are the highlights. And I'd have to say that every time we're able to speak with him, the whole team gets so inspired. Um, sometimes you can get bogged down in things being really difficult, but he has really great energy and he's been able to, you know, really help us and encourage us to, you know, continue on with some really hard work. Shout out to Kelsey Hightower. Thank you so much for all of, the, of your help. Um, you mentioned that there were some challenges, and I know that we uh, we have lots of folks who are listening to this who also manage grants and work through the challenges of their own projects. So would you be comfortable sharing what some of those challenges were? Sure. Um, well, as you can imagine, growing an organization, like a, the software side of the organization from 14 to over 60 people is huge over the course of you know a little more than a year, almost two years, but not quite. Um, and we're still not done. Um, and that involves establishing new processes. That involves like redoing the way the organization works together. So um, that's been a challenge, but it's been a really exciting challenge. And it, it helps a lot that we do have, we are, we have to by nature be a collaborative organization to make this work because there are so many moving parts. So, um, you know, it's like having the collective brain on this um, challenge is, is fantastic. Um, big picture, hiring, hiring. And did I mention hiring? The, the, it is so challenging out there right now because 
as an academic institution competing with, you know, AWS and Google for salaries is it's that's just not what we can do. What we can do is we can have a fantastic working environment. We've got good benefits to you. Um, we can teach new skills to people and things like that. So um, hopefully we can throw in the chat the link to our uh, the job postings. We currently have a number of job postings out there. Um, and please share this far and wide. Whatever you can do to help us. Um, there is There are um, software engineers who like to consider this, themselves research software engineers. So if you know anybody like that, send them our way, please. Um, We've also been dealing with what everybody else has been dealing with in terms of waves of COVID. It took down our DevOps operation for like two weeks, which is just not good in software terms. Um, and then really navigating kind of current work requests from ICPSR while trying to build the new platform and maintain the current platform. So that's, you know, as Alyssa would say, that's probably a little inside baseball, but that's that's what we're doing. Um, and just noting that, you know, this is not going to happen overnight. This is a five-year plan we put into NSF. Um, and it's going to make it easier to maintain and make it easier to access data and, and have, you'll have more fun with the platform. Um, it, but, you know, it is a challenge because it's, it's not an overnight flip the switch situation. Wow, 14 to 60 people and growing. That is amazing. Uh, kudos to the entire RDE team and um, extended ICPSR who've helped make this happen. And yes, uh, please share the job posts we have linked and we'll put in our show notes too. All right, well, looking at the time and I know we could talk about this for ages and I know we're short on time. And so um, I wanna ask a few, uh, one more thing before we can maybe get in some audience questions. How can listeners find out more about this or contact you? Absolutely. Um, anyone can check out our webpage um, and I'm going to read it slowly. Uh, uh, it is M-Y-U-M-I dot C-H slash I-C-P-S-R hyphen R-D-E. So that is the shortened version. Okay. I could have said a lot more, but it is the shortened version. Um, and uh, as Anna said earlier, we're looking for volunteers in the data community to get in touch with, to ask questions, get feedback um, about how they currently use ICPSR's um, data and tools and what they'd like to see in the future. So um, we'd love for listeners now and in the future uh, to uh, sign up for our email list. And that link is M-Y-U-M-I dot C-H slash I-C-P-S-R hyphen R-D-E hyphen sign up. Um, so yes, uh, we would love to get your feedback. Um, any information, insights that you have is going to be really crucial for this project moving forward. All right. Well, this wouldn't be a brunch if we didn't talk about food. Um, so our folks in, uh, in Feedloop and our live attendees, they were chatting about, uh, about their favorite brunches before we started. Do you have a favorite brunch order? Um, my favorite brunch order is uh, 
when my boyfriend makes his very secret waffle recipe that requires an overnight in the fridge. So it has to be planned in advance. So the order has to be, you know, absolutely 24 hours in advance. I think my favorite would be a brunch that I used to have when I lived in New York City at Sarah Best Kitchen. And it was like pumpkin muffins and scrambled eggs with salmon in them. Really good. <laughs> I was just thinking about an omelet with salmon in it. So it's my type of brunch too. What about you, Anna? I'm curious. Well, now I'm thinking about ordering a waffle over at Alyssa's house, but um I think. Well, I was saying in the chat that I'm just a, I'm a potato girl. So like if I could get a brunch that was just like potatoes three ways, I would be so happy. So Scott's usually our surprise, uh, our silent producer behind the scenes, but now that we're live, <laughs> you can jump in too if you want. I had to wait for my son to finish coughing in the background. Um, chicken and waffles is my go-to brunch order. Can't go wrong. And then our wonderful host, Jenna, if you'd like to tell us what your favorite brunch is. Oh boy, I wasn't ready for this. Don't have in my headphones. Good thing I was, uh, can you hear me okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so I love variety. So I'm always changing it up. But I have to say in Ithaca, New York, I had the best chicken and waffles I have ever had it was like oh it was amazing but I do when I go camping I do really like spam and eggs because the spam you don't have to refrigerate it man it's amazing so that's me yummy All right. Well, as much as I wish that we could keep talking about this forever, I am also looking at the time. Um, all right. Were there any last questions that came in through the live attendees who are here? I saw that there was a question about where you would go if you were interested in the jobs, and we posted that right. in the uh, in the chat. So um, happy to get that in there. I'm just going to shout out a couple of things. There are uh, the folks who are attending live. There's a place called Waffle, Waffle Frolic that is evidently amazing. There is also a place called Cafe Zola. Um, that's here in Ann Arbor. So that's a that's delicious. Um, it looks like we've got uh, a few recommendations. Oh, somebody else says not spam, but Taylor ham. So those all look delightful. Thank you for sharing. Um, well, I tell you what, if you have additional questions, please do email us at icpsr-podcast at umich.edu. Um, we would happily take those questions, but in the interest of time, um, we will we will move on. Are there any last comments, um, Jeanette and Alyssa, that you want to make about the research data ecosystem and how this is democratizing data? We look forward to your participation. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Um, this is a five-year program, and we have a lot of different products that we're going to be producing. So even if the opportunities don't seem up your alley at this point, please keep an eye on it because something could be coming later that is you know, super, super important to you. So um, keep an eye on this space.
Thank you. Wow. I'm sure everybody can agree that was a great interview with Alyssa and Jeanette. Can't wait to see all of the innovative resources coming out of RDE. And if I can find my mute button, we can really get going. Um, yes, I completely agree. The future just, it looks exciting. Um, I, and I'm just, I'm, I am having trouble because I am just realizing that this is the final session of the 2022 data fair. Um, so I just want to say thank you, Alyssa and Jeanette. This was fantastic. I also want to say a huge thank you to all of our staff and our speakers and our attendees, all of you who participated this year. Um, thank you as always to the over 800 members of ICPSR. This podcast and the data fair would not be possible without the ICPSR members. I wish you could see the excitement that was happening with my uh, with my co-speakers uh, today. They are invisible, but they are celebrating in the background. Um, we also want to say a special thank you to Scott Campbell, our producer extraordinaire. Yes, thank you. You can get in touch with us by visiting our website, icpsr dot umich u-m-i-c-h dot e-d-u or emailing us at icpsr hyphen podcast at umich dot e-d-u okay so for everyone here live which is everyone right <laughs> if you post about this this uh this session please tag us on social media using hashtag data brunch and hashtag ICPSR. And uh, you could also send us an email and we can't wait to see it. And if you're listening to this in the future and you're at home or in your car or however you podcast, um, please do send us a note. We always love to hear from you. Whew, we did it. Huge round of applause. <laughs>